Hey y'all, welcome to today's episode of Hard Facts Fitness. This is Sonia Spill, and in today's episode, Austin Stout joins us as we deep dive into PEDs, the do's, the don'ts, the ups, and the downs. As always, here at Team Amino Peer, we are not pro-PED, we are pro-educated decision, meaning we want you to know all the ins and outs about every aspect of bodybuilding, of PED usage, of peptides, and of super physiological doses, and we want to bring you all the facts. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 with my co-host, Sonia Spiel. How are you, Sonia? What up? I'm spectacular. I'm well-rested. I know I was a little bit uh, on edge last time, but I've been I've been home for like a full week now, almost. So She's got the glasses going on today, got the nerdy look going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Austin Stout, so she wants, she wants to look extra nerdy today. <laughs> he's, bringing, he's bringing the knowledge and bringing the thunder today. So uh, we're going to do a full intro in a little bit. How was PC? Brief us a little bit about PC and, and, and give us an idea of what happened. I mean, I heard a lot of good things. I saw a lot of great pictures. Full house over in Nashville, right? Sonia? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was awesome. I was there with Austin, so I wasn't really sure. <laughs> Wait, I swear I'm rested. I swear to God I'm rested. No, it was fucking insane. Like, the energy this time, it felt more like people were really going out of their way to, like, connect and network. Everyone who presented was absolutely amazing. There was really good information. I like how, even though some of the topics were the same, they were, like, layered on. And there's a lot of application points. So sometimes with some of these things, it's like knowledge without application. Whereas this time it felt like a lot of application points. It was so much fun. The energy was great. I was down in Nashville, which Nashville is like 100% open. So that was kind of wild. Overall, just a fucking great weekend. I got to actually speak this year, which just kind of was badass. And I talked about sleep, which... I really like to talk about. So that was cool. And then uh, Chanel also was a new presenter this year and she talked about training and kind of where that falls in periodizing training kind of around cycles as well, which was really, um, really, really cool. So yeah. And I was down there with Austin. What was your presentation called beyond the lipid profile? Is that? Uh, yeah. It was like cardiovascular disease prevention. Yeah. 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 But it was super, I was like, my little nails were like, <laughs> <laughs> very cool. So I was like, Typing so much. So I love all that like super nerdy sciencey shit. So it was I was absolutely insane. Very good. Good to hear. So let me, I'm going to brief you guys really quick on all things Team Amino Peer and what we've been actually working on. As, as you guys might have seen our ad, we are now proud sponsors of the Tech Cartel, yeah. which is great for us. Uh, but we've been working very closely together anyway. So it only made sense for us to, to make that leap uh, when Jason reached out and said, hey, let's do something else together. You know, we've done a lot of things together in collaboration with Scooby Prep, Nutrition, with Jason. We've had him on our podcast. So it made sense to, to make that leap and, and sponsor uh uh, tech cartel t uh tc15 is their code the cartel yeah the excellence cartel I got you. we've been uh, calling it tc for a week yeah 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 <laughs> so um tc15 or tech 15 is their code so help help support their cause helps help us as well um go to a uh, amino amino dash pure.com i'm 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 on low energy today i mean i'm on fumes, I got you. man <laughs> the cool thing is is because we're sponsoring tec it'll also 
play a part into the physique education collective, which was just this weekend. So it's just that whole like education cycle of like, how can we be informative and how can we bring information to the masses application to the masses for coaches, for gen pop, for everybody. So it's, it's cool to be a part of that whole family and that team as well. And it's all about networking. I think you guys have heard it before. Uh, we, we're very big on having a collective unit basically come on board with us at Team Amino Pure and bring some good speakers for you guys. And knowledge is power. And every single, every single speaker that we've had, every single guest that we've had shares our vision in terms of knowledge and putting as much information and bridging the gap between fitness and health, which we, we're very, very big on. Today, we have a special guest, the one and only Austin Stout. So give us an intro, Austin. Introduce yourself to, to our audience. Tell us a little bit about you, your goals, your vision. What is Austin all about? Um, I'm sure the people on my page when I share this have heard me intro myself like nine million times. But for your listeners, uh, tell us your favorite lift and your favorite type of burrito. <laughs> <clears throat> so for your listeners, um, so I am a coach that does everything, I think at this point, like I literally do everything. Um, I coach gen pop competitors, uh, male, female, enhanced, natural. I do functional, you know, functional health cases. I mentor coaches. I do consults. I do YouTube. I do podcasts. Like it's pretty much everywhere. I started way back pre IG, like before Instagram, you know, so, um, I was, doing the personal training thing one-on-one in the gym, like a lot of people and more and more people wanted nutritional advice. It slowly turned into something that was profitable. And I thought, you know, let's, I saw that at the time there was a few other people doing it, not anything like there is now, but there were some people doing it. I was young and broke and I literally had nothing to lose. So I went for it and I've been self-employed outside of like a couple part-time jobs, self-employment has been my main source of income my entire adult life. So I pretty much just went for it and it worked really, really hard. I did not have any business coaches. I did not have any mentors. I did not have any marketing experience. I did not that have- wasn't a thing back then. You couldn't buy into a business yeah. mastermind. Yeah. Like I had absolutely nothing and I've just, you know, just kept busting it and putting out content and helping people. And now I am here eventually. It took a long time, but we're here. <laughs> How old are you, Austin? I'm 30. How yeah, long have you been coaching? Um, pretty much like right out of high school, pretty much. So, you know, right when I started college, so like 19, uh, 11 years. Yeah. 11, yeah. How probably. long have you been bodybuilding? Same time. Yeah, about the same. I mean, maybe a little bit. I bodybuilded a little bit before that. I started bodybuilding um, probably towards the end of high school. I was a wrestler. So a lot of the nutritional information I got was from like bodybuilding websites and magazines because that's really where, you know, that's really where all the science starts anyhow. It's mostly like people in bodybuilding circle. So um, that's how it started. I actually, funny story. Jason was, yeah, Theobald was really, er this was like way earlier, way early in his coaching career. He's like grandpappy of bodybuilding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So this was like way early in his coaching career. I don't know when he started, but I knew him and we'd actually talked and formulated a diet for my wrestling when I was in high school. Jesus. So so him and I go way back. Love it. Yeah. 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 Things have evolved, right? 
it's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy to hear the 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 coaches that were um, starting to coach and doing what the people that we look up to, right? Like Jason Theobald, the Vince Pistics, and yourself. And I haven't been very uh, very much acquainted with with you, but I hear great things about you. So I look forward to learning from you as much as I have from having all the other speakers on. I always talk about, hey, you know, it's it's about grabbing those nuggets and, and making sure that you take one good thing from this episode. This episode is going to be different. I mean, we've talked a lot about functional medicine, sleep. We've talked about rest. We've talked about uh, product. We've talked about cortisol. We talked about hormones, TRT, HRT, growth hormone. This is more towards super physiological dosages and PED. So we're going to focus a little bit more on the, the competitive athlete that's currently running uh, high dosages of PEDs. And much like you, much like Sonia, we've actually talked about this in probably in every episode. We, we, we tend to divert a little bit and talk about some of the things that people do. That, yeah, just a little. And we try to, I mean, guys, we try to keep it as, as uniform, but we have fun with this shit, man. And, and sometimes it's just, it's just so much fun to go with the flow and we try to you know steer it back in, but uh, kind of like right now, uh, uh, but, but we want to talk about, you know, the, the, the things that you've seen, <laughs> yeah, the things that you've seen from, from uh, a bodybuilding perspective for all the competitive bodybuilders that are currently running super high dosages of trend, uh, DECA, testosterone, Anivar, um, talk to us about some of the major mistakes that people make when, when they're not, I don't want to say educated, but knowledgeable, uh, in running some protocols. A lot of times people hear from people's bros. I mean, people have asked me, Hey, what do you run? Right. And let's just say, for example, that I, I am completely unaware, don't know. And I tell them I'm running this, 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 and this, but I don't run an AI. I don't run ACG or I don't, I don't run any liver protect or any of that stuff. Maybe starting to like, what is an anabolic? What makes an anabolic an anabolic? What's the molecular profile of that? How does it work inside of the body? And then we can kind of dive into different yeah, types of protocols. To break it down in the most, like the simplest way to understand it is it, they're all pretty much derivatives of testosterone in like some way, shape or form. For the most part, we have things, you know, obviously like everything's been designed and they try to come up with new molecules that work better and work better at the receptor and so on and so forth. AKA SARMs, right? We talk about that. Um, but we have this hormone molecule that works at the androgen receptor, right? It has, it has the activity that just like your, you know, endogenous testosterone would have at the androgen receptor. We're just feeding it. We're just giving you more of it, right? Okay. So, you know, what the benefits obviously would be probably the biggest one is our protein synthesis that we, you know, enhancement that we get from these molecules. So it allows us to literally do everything, repair faster, get bigger, right? Now, obviously there's other downstream effects. So that would be more of like a direct effect, but there's a lot of other downstream effects because it's not just acting at the androgen receptor. It's also you know, maybe it aromatizes into estrogen. So now we have, you know, now we have that. Maybe it, um, maybe it also alters your neurotransmitter profile a little bit and affects your mood some. So we have that. So there are downstream effects that could maybe cause side effects, right? We love the, we love the um, anabolic effect, but we also have all these other things that we have to that we have to manage. And then of course there's a dose response in this that would, you know, cause more or less side effects. And then also I think it's important just to understand that genetics are huge in how you metabolize drugs. Okay. 
it doesn't matter what it is like literally caffeine, um, aspirin, like anything, anything that you take that's metabolized in the body is going to have, there's an inter-individuality of this, you know, and how you metabolize that drug. So there's people that literally will take small doses just over normal physiological range that will have immense effects on that person, AKA most IFBB pros, (laughs) you know, like it's a genetic, there's a genetic component. What was that? Some of that, like when we talk about androgen receptors inside of the body, everyone's going to have a different amount inside of their own body, depending on their genetics. So guys, we always talk about like little lock and key scenarios or like if there's like, if hormones are messengers, right. And like we have, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, Austin, like androgen receptors are almost like mailboxes and then androgens are going to come in and put the mail in the mailbox. It closes results happen. And everyone has a different amount of mailboxes. Some are open, some are closed. What are some things that can affect those being open or closed for even someone to be responsive to that? Is it just genetics or are there lifestyle and environmental factors? Well, anything. Yeah. I mean, genetics are going to be the biggest thing, but any, any type of, you know, any type of like insult to the body, any stressor to the body, your receptors in general, we know this of, so easy examples, like we know this of, uh, of insulin and glucose, right? Yeah. If you're extremely inflamed, you can become more insulin resistant, right? Or uh, we know this of like nutrient absorption, right? Like anything, like any cell in the body could potentially dysfunction when you are stressed or, you know, inflamed. So I think it would be, there's a, a good takeaway point there too, is that with anabolics, it's like a good little segue, I guess, is dose determines response until you start to have a bad you know, outcome from it. So like more, more does more until something goes wrong. Okay. So like my, my point there would be like, well, more is okay until your body is so systemically stressed that you're having a lot, like too many side effects. And then you end up just looking worse. Right. And I think a lot of it, a lot of what you're saying is, is in key goes in, in key with hand in hand with, with what we discussed with HRT and TRT. Um, a lot of people say, Hey, I'm running 500 milligrams. Well, I'm going to 750. but if you've tapped out on your antigen receptors, you're going to have that, that additional 250 milligrams of tests, DECA, MPP, uh, trend, whatever it is, is it isn't going to do much. If anything, it's going to basically give you more side effects. And when we're talking about super physiological dosages, there's a way of of running super physiological dosages in a healthy manner. I guess if you want to say in a healthy manner, you just got to understand that point of no return where, okay, how much am I willing to sacrifice in terms of inflammation, in terms of, um, and my estrogen being out of whack, water retention in order to run these super physiological dosages and be big. So pinpoint a couple of mistakes that you've known people running, let's say a basic cycle, a middle of the road cycle, and then an advanced cycle. Um, let's let's say like 19 NORs or DHTs or yeah, something. Some, like, the, the base is always test, right? So let's say let's run in, let's uh, a starting point of 500 milligrams of test is usually the starting point for bodybuilders that are running 500 milligrams of test, let's say 400 or 500 milligrams of DECA and throw in Mastron or whatever it is. What is the biggest mistakes that you see for people running these 1500 milligrams of, of anabolics? Well, they probably don't need that much. <laughs> so, so there is some decent literature on like, dose you can almost look at dose as milligrams per kilogram as well um 
So there's some standards that we've kind of set. There's another podcast that will talk about this too. There's some standards that we've set that um, a more like a kind of an intermediate would be more in the probably 10 milligram per kilo type of range. So if you want to break it down, that's someone that weighs someone that weighs 200 pounds. That's going to be a little less than 100 kilos. They're going to be like close to a gram. Okay. There you go. That's about a thousand milligrams. All right. So your more advanced might be a little bit higher and your more, you know, beginners would be obviously lower. Now you do tend to um, require more with more tissue over time, right? Because you're supporting what's happening is you're supporting a level of musculature that is further and further and further above your ceiling, right? So you will require probably more to build tissue. Um, you do see a lot of guys that are advanced in their career and have had that muscle for a very long time that can maintain that on like a lesser amount, right? But to continue to build, um, there does become a point where like you need more inputs, like you you, you need more inputs. Okay. So the problem becomes like obviously using too much. Now you you talked about just common mistakes. Really common mistake is just setup and how how you're balancing your antigens and your estrogens together. Okay. Most common mistake. So first thing you hear is, Hey, we're using aromatizing compound. We need aromatase inhibitor, right? Okay. And then what would generally happen is they will take some arbitrary amount of an aromatase inhibitor that they see online, whether it's a Remadex or Aromacin or Letrozole, and then, you know, they crash their estrogen. Very common. Rather, you know, my goal is to help someone set up a profile that requires little to no ancillary drug at all. And we just use, we just use the actual stack to manipulate. So how would we do that? Easiest way is if we're looking at aromatization, we control aromatization by the amount of aromatizing compound that we use on the stack. So for example, um, if that person's pretty prone to aromatization, maybe they get gynecomastia, maybe they get a lot of water retention, whatever. All right. We just use less aromatizing compound. Let's say we want a thousand milligrams total dose. We might split that up between something that aromatizes, AKA testosterone, you know, as the base, and then something else in there that doesn't aromatize, usually a DHT compound. Like a Mastron, would, would you say like a Mastron? Yeah, Mastron. Normally, normally it depends on where they're at. Like Primabolin's like fake and expensive a lot of the time. So it's Mastron's normally more readily available so what we could do is like i might have two people at that same total dose one of them might be like 600 tests 400 master on the other one might be like 300 tests 700 master on you see the difference now are they going to have the exact same effect well maybe not but they're still getting the same input pretty close to the same input it's just one has you know one has a lot bigger uh, susceptibility to aromatization than the other now we know aromatization also comes with the aromatase enzyme. So if you're fatter, you're going to probably aromatize more. Okay. So, um, you know, you can take that. Like if you, if you have more fat cells or larger fat cells, you're probably going to aromatize more. Um, genetically, obviously some people just aromatize more. Then there's also like environmental things that will, will play into that. But my goal, go ahead. How does alcohol intake play into that? We got to remember that 
estrogen is also, it's not only aromatization, but it's also detoxification and how much we recirculate, right? Like we're talking right. about yeah. our estrogen dominance. So like if we had, if we had our male, we, we normally talk about this with females, but if we had our male that he is on a cycle and he's got higher estrogen, he goes out and drinks on the weekends or drinks every night and he's not detoxifying this estrogen. And, you know, because his body's like, Hey, we need to get rid of this fucking alcohol. Right. Yeah. And he's recirculating all this estrogen. Well, he's going to have estrogen issues, even though it's not an aromatization issue. It's a, it's like a detoxification issue. Right. 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 So guys, so it could, yeah, for sure. Could be. Keep in mind what, what Austin's really saying and, and trying to simplify things even more, even further, right? Uh, it's, all, it's all going to depend also on you, the, the person that's actually running. Notice how he's said in one case, you may be running 700 milligrams of test, 300 milligrams of, of Mastron. That's going to be aromatizing more because you're running higher testosterone. And Mastron, typically uh, at a certain range, you're probably not going to be needing to run an AI or an Astrosol, for example, because Mastron itself, it doesn't aromatize. Nevertheless, you still have to take into consideration that the testosterone will aromatize. Now, if you're more prone to gynecomastia, uh, where you're you're getting sensitivity in your nipples, and this is that's one of the key you know determining factors whether you're actually your estrogen is kind of elevating. You start getting a lot of sensitivity and pain in your nipples, then you know that you may want to flip it around where you're running higher dosages of Mastron versus Test. Is that what is that what we're basically following? It's, it's all dependent on the person, right? Yeah, and I can say I can say straight up without I don't like to speak in absolutes, but I can tell you like right now, I never need anyone to run an AI in a cycle in the off season at all, ever. Wow. Because all I really have to do, like all I really have to do is just change the stack. Now, ideally like estrogen in and of itself has benefits towards hypertrophy, but in an ideal world, I just don't fuck with the estrogen. I just like, let it, I just let it go up, but obviously not everyone is going to be able to handle that. So the ratios can be really different. And some people like, it could be vastly different. Like I've had people that can run a thousand milligrams of, of tests and no, and they're fine. Right. But others, they get anywhere even close to the high end of normal or above normal range. And they start yeah. getting, you know, they start, their glands get sensitive and what happens. So and a lot of that too comes down to like your sex binding globulin hormone, like what, yeah. what's available. Right. And we talk about this, like it, the lower it is, the more those hormones are going to affect you, the higher it is, the less they're going to affect you. So there's, there's a lot of things like when it comes to labs that can help you kind of dial in like, okay, well, what would be going aggressive and what would be kind of going mild that can help out? Do you run HCG when you're running these protocols? I pretty much tell everyone, if you're going to use anabolics, you're going to be on forever. Just plan on that because you can PCT, you can, but what's generally going to happen is you're going to do that one or two times. Your recovery rate's going to get lower, lower and lower. Like every time you're going to recover a little bit less. So yeah. Um, you're inevitably pushing yourself into premature hypogonadism. That's what you're doing. Um, and of course, every male is going to end up with low tests at some point in their life. Right. But so I, that to preface that, right. So I pretty much tell everyone, unless it's a fertility situation, I don't, I don't have anyone use it unless they like are really obsessed with their balls staying like a certain size. I have had some I've had some guys like aesthetically that are like, Hey, I, I need my balls to be bigger. I'm like, yeah, okay. you know, I didn't know that's a thing. Like I, I would think, it's I would think, uh, I would think like aesthetically, <laughs> it's a thing, guys. I guess. I mean, I would think like <laughs> aesthetic, aesthetically it would help you if your balls were smaller, you, 
you know, but whatever, you know, aesthetically. <laughs> in, in other words, well, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Let's just keep moving. I know. We talked about it. Like we, we brought that up in the last podcast too. Like sometimes like when people are struggling and it's like running cycles, right? It's like, you just can't have an orgasm or you can't come or you can't like whatever. It's like HTG can be added in to help that. I just didn't know if like from, um, from a result standpoint, if you, if you can't have an orgasm, there's a hormonal issue. Exactly. It's, not, it's not because you need HCG. It's because okay. you, you have low estrogen or you have high estrogen or we have a lactin issue or we have something. Yeah. Because yeah. Or, yeah, a lot of issue sometimes. A lot, a lot of times I think the prolactin, uh, I, I think yeah, people don't prolactin. realize prolactin. And I've been very upfront with, with what I've experimented in the past i had that issue man with where man like i I think we talked about it very bluntly in in our last episode you're sweating up a storm man and you're like and you just can't you just i mean it's great for women (laughs) right but but after a while you're like it it has to be you need to what i I guess what i'm trying to say is focus on the root cause that is making this happen uh, much like what, what I was saying is there is a hormonal imbalance. Now what Sonia was saying earlier, I mean, you hit it. The labs can say a lot about where your SHBG is going, is going to be at. It's going to tell you, but I honestly recommend somebody like if you're going to be running super physiological numbers and everybody always talks about, well, a beginner stack is 500 milligrams of this, 400 milligrams of that, 300. It's not the same for everybody. And one of the things he nailed, I mean, he freaking nailed it is, you need to have some, an expert that understands anabolics and PDs really well to, to help you mitigate those side effects and put the best protocol for you as an individual. I'm giving you guys advice. I wouldn't go to a bro just because he looks big and say, what's your stack, bro? Because I'm going to run the same thing. I guarantee you, you're not going to look like that guy because you're an individual. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, if it were, yeah, if it were that easy, then we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't Everybody have a job. We'd be walking out around like this, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> But it's funny. Um, so there you were talking about myths and stuff. So we have some, so science, like the science on PEDs, like they have some like mechanisms like this does this and this does this, but we don't have a ton of science on super physiological doses. Cause like, why would they test that? Like, what's the point? Right. Because <laughs> they're not and plus there's not going to be like a lot of people they're signing up money that. into that. Some, yeah. bodybuilders, some bodybuilders might sign up for it. But my point is that some of these mechanisms are very misconstrued too. So another example would be, we're talking about cycle setup. So I talk, I'll talk about like one other tier of that. So we talked about, we talked about like a testosterone and the DHT and kind of like balancing that. So third tier, because commonly people will use this third tier would be a 19 nor right now. So less about trembolone because it doesn't aromatize and it's not as it's not going to cause, it's not going to cause as much. I will, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a weird statement is that it's probably tolerated better than Nangelone, but except for like, it seems to have more effect on neurotransmitters and food. Okay. So you will get people that'll freak out a little bit. Um, serotonin, especially. So like, why does, you know, why does Trembolone cause your sleep to be all fucked up? Yeah. Serotonin levels. Yeah. Serotonin. Um, but when we're talking about like actual, we're talking about like actual um, imbalances. So estrogen, progesterone, those things, Nandrolone, a little bit more difficult because again, we've got, it's, it does. So I should say Nandrolone aromatizes very, very little, but it does some, but it's a very, very little. Um, Nandrolone does not raise prolactin. It does not. Testosterone raises. 19, 
Is that no, what no, no. It's Nineteen. A- Nangelone does not raise prolactin. Okay. So Nangelone in so it does not raise prolactin in the conventional sense that it's um, that you think. So Nangelone has activity at the receptor. Okay. So what's happening here is that Nangelone, and it's the same with estrogen. There's something called DHN. So DHN, and you can and it will start binding to the receptors. So what you're having with Nangelone that makes it so difficult is that. It's binding to these receptors that basically are causing side effects. But if you took an AI with Nangelone, you're lowering estrogen that's not there. Okay. It's having binding. So I'll give you an example that would be real easy to understand. So like, let's talk about environmental estrogens that aren't estrogen, but they're binding to the receptors and they're causing problems, right? Endocrine disruptors. Right. <laughs> so, so you're like, so you're like, you look at, like, you could look at blood work and be like, well, there's fucking estrogen is not even high but this person's having estrogenic side effects, right? It's the same with Nangelone. Like we're having, you know, we're having these type of side effects because there's a binding, there's, there's binding going on, but it's like, why can't we, like, we look at blood work and why is there, their estrogen is not even high. Like, why is this happening? Right. And you throw a bunch of AI at it. And the reason that an AI might work is because generally prolactin and estrogen will move up in conjunction. So Really, what's happening is you lower estrogen, you're helping you're helping bring the prolactin down. But um, the reason that a lot of people have side effects is what also goes up when you add DECA in. You're also increasing your testosterone dose, right? Almost always. So I tell people, hey, bring your testosterone dose down. Leave the nandrolone alone. See if your side effects go down. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But why does a DECA only cycle work for some people? Testosterone's out, taking it out. I'm not suggesting that because some people it does not work well. But what I'm saying is this testosterone may potentially be raising prolactin. Okay. So you're saying if you're one way to go about doing it would be like keeping it running a DECA cycle, but bringing your test levels down to like 250 or cruising even lower. Um, well, you would, you would want, you would want at least like, a normal physiological level of testosterone for most people. Um, now, if you're doing a DECA only cycle, then obviously there's no testosterone in there at all. But you are, but with the DECA only cycle, those people are using so much DECA that you're getting enough estrogen. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's they, not they, a lot of aromatization, but there's enough. And we're talking when, when I think when 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 you're talking about running a DECA, and we're, obviously Sonia, we're running, we're talking about super physiological dosages. I don't think that Austin's talking about 200 milligrams of DECA. We're talking about five, no. 700, 700 yeah. milligrams of DECA, 600 milligrams of DECA, 500 milligrams of DECA. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, if you if you look at, and again, I'm not advocating this because I just don't think it's like a, the best way to go about things. But if you look at like some of the people that are real diehard DECA like DECA people, they're using super high amounts so like a gram a gram yeah, yeah 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 they yeah. use like a gram or more they, they you have the deca groupies i i i know people like that and i call them deca groupies because they live you know and and die with with, with deca and, and i get it mpp i i've, I've actually tried mpp now let me ask you a question so you're talking about <clears throat> aromatization when it comes to mpp but so what causes the, the, the water retention when you're, you're on DECA then? If it doesn't aromatize and your estrogen's not going up, what's the actual cause of water retention? I don't know. Most people that I see don't really get that much on it unless they're running tests with it. 
I'm going to get away from super physiological dosages and, and go back to HRT really quick. One of the reasons why a lot of HRT clinics are prescribing NPP and they're able to prescribe NPP is yeah. for, for joint issues, right? When you're, when you're, yeah. exactly, because it, because it pushes more fluid into the joint. Therefore, and you can tell the a huge difference when you're running NPP versus when you're not running a, a, an NPP. Uh, because your joints are much, much looser and there's more fluid in there. So can you dive a little bit and explain that? Is that a myth? Is that a placebo effect or is that a real thing? I couldn't tell you a good mechanism for that. I don't, because I don't know of an actual mechanism that would cause that because it's not estrogen. You know, it's not, it's not an estrogenic. Um, yeah. Cause it does aromatize, but again, like it's not a substantial amount. And obviously HRT clinics aren't prescribing very much. No, you know, they're, 20, they're 20. <laughs> right, 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 right. They're prescribing low amounts. Um, there probably is a mechanism that, that causes that maybe it's like production of synovial fluid or something like that. That's, that's actually happening, but I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I think <laughs> I know HRT clinics like love to prescribe extra shit too. And well, it's, they're they're it's making like, money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I could, that's like a whole different discussion because a lot of the HRT clinics, unfortunately, don't even really prescribe TRT. Like they prescribe like too high of dosages to begin with. So it's like kind of a different topic. But, um, yeah. but yeah, the reason that Nandrolone is, is tough to kind of work with is that we can't, we can't just take like an AI necessarily to fix the problem. So, Really, if you have a side effect with it, you have kind of two options. You either lower the amount or you just don't take it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's I think that's a really good takeaway too, is that just don't be married to a compound. You know what I mean? Because um, I've had I literally some of my biggest bodybuilders, they take like two fucking things, like two compounds. All we do is we just escalate dose that's appropriate for their size and their level. You know what I mean? Um, because again, like we're looking at dose response, like just because you take five different compounds doesn't mean you necessarily get more effect if you're taking the same amount, you know what I mean? And plus we add too many variables in there. It's, it's nearly impossible to figure out what's causing side works. What, and not only that, but what works. And one of the things that you look back to the golden era of bodybuilding, right? They used to be the the basics were the basics. We're talking about DECA test master. I mean, it, they kept it very simple and, and you look at the, the bodybuilders from the golden era. I mean, take a look at their pictures. I'll get it. They weren't, they weren't the biggest, right? They weren't the biggest, but some of those physiques were just mind blowing. Now, granted, of course, you're talking about genetics that come into play as well, but they kept it very simple in order for them to figure out what works for me. Nowadays, you have people throwing in five, six, seven different compounds, and it becomes a little bit of a mess because how you ma- you're managing one or two compounds. It's much easier than try to manage all the sides that five compounds yeah. have to, to, to You don't yeah. even know whether you're responding to Mastron for all you know. You know, I, I know people that, that run 400 milligrams of, of, of Primo, and they claim is real Primo, and they love it. I mean, and, and their response, the way their body's responsive to 400 milligrams of Primo is just mind boggling because they've ran other, all these other products in the, in, or, or super physiological dosages of other, other anabolics in the past. Then they, they have all these side effects coming into play. Then they get off of everything and they lose some of their size. A lot of this can be lost the second you get off of it because you didn't know what to do with, with it in the first place. Then they go to a Primo cycle and 
their body responds really nicely. So talk, can you talk a little bit about Primo now that I, that I just brought it up? Um, what are the benefits of running the Primo cycle? And uh, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Primo, Primo Bolin. And so share with us a little bit about your experience with Primo and wh- how does it work? What, what's the benefit of running something like that? Uh, well, it's, yeah. So it's, if it's real, if it's, you know, that's, that's normally like the limiting factors, whether or not it's real. It does tend to be well tolerated. It seems to have little, like little to no uh, neurotransmitter like activity in the brain. People don't get really wacky on it. You know, they don't get like you really moody and out of you know out of sorts on it. it doesn't seem to impact um, sleep activity as much. And it's um, a THT, right? So similar to like yeah, Winstrol and Anavar and okay. Yeah, it's yeah. So so the only you know the difference between like your injectable. Well, I shouldn't say that. Because inject, so like your orals obviously are methylated. So they have, you know, extra liver toxicity and they're metabolized a little different. But your injectables aren't going to have that unless it's an injectable oral, I should say. Because like injectable Winstrol is still, still metabolized like oral Winstrol. It's going to hurt your livers. What are you saying? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So, so yeah, Primo, Primo is just widely um, tolerated. That's why it's a really good option. Um, does not, you know, obviously it's DHT does not aromatize. So it works very well for, um, balancing that stack when I was talking about. So I use the Mastron example, but you could use, you could actually for sure put Primo in there. And I would, I would say it's a very good option. Again, it's just availability costs. Like, is it real? Um, women tend to tolerate it pretty well as like, it's maybe like a second or third choice when they're getting into that realm. But again, is it real? Like, that's my thing with a woman, especially like if it's a male and it's testosterone, like worst case scenario, you can just pull it out with a woman. You get, you get a ways in, you're like, Oh, this is not, <laughs> this that is not I shared about that in the first podcast. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is va-. like, he's laughing now. Cause it's not him. So it's fucking funny to him. You know what I mean? But I was like yeah, blowing cool. up and I was like freaking out. And this is like, before I was working with Jason as my coach. And I was like, dude, I'm like, I mean, I was like, it was not going well. And we ran it in and it ended up being D ball. And I'm like, yeah. and that was like a reputable source. Like, I, I mean, like that sucks when you run five weeks of D ball as a female. I mean, I was holding so much water. I mean, it wasn't like I was making gains. I didn't grow a dick, but like, I felt like fucking, you just know when you're not right. You, I was you were so making gains for sure. You were making gains. I was me. I didn't making gains. <laughs> <laughs> levels are pretty high. Come on now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> Again, it's it's not anything. I'm not going to say that it's like a magical compound. It's just the fact that it's well tolerated. It has a lot less cognitive, you know, cognitive um, disadvantages to it. So that's why it's so widely used. Um, I know some countries actually, it's really really popular because probably because they can. It's like you know where it comes from and shit. I'm not. I don't know the ins and of all that stuff. But um, yeah, it would be it would be pretty comparable to to master on in that sense. And, and what I've heard uh, and I've learned from, from Primo is that there's, there's two things that happen when you take Primo. Number one, the sides are very minimal. Um, a lot of, a lot of physique female competitors will go on Primo, even figure. I know figure competitors that use Primo and they love it because they don't need as much and the sides are not there. The side effects are not going to be there as, as prevalent, right? Number one, number two, the, the only caveat that I have to, but I believe that you have with Primo is that it takes a lot longer for you to get the effects that let's say, 
say a straight D, the straight testosterone, or even, you know, if you're running trend as, as a female, you'd never want to run trend anyway, probably as a male too, but it all depends on where you want to be in your bodybuilding career. Um, but I hear that once you get to the sweet spot of like five, six weeks into Primo, that's where your body just shines. It's like a really, a really good amount of time that you have to run it. And the, the problem is number one, one of the things you said is number one, are you getting real Primo? Number one is the most counterfeited anabolic in the world because it's so expensive to make. Uh, number two is, are you patient enough to, to, to wait five, six, seven weeks for it to start hitting? And once it starts to hit, you start seeing the magic coming in, into place, right? Go ahead. Awesome. One thing I'll say, just like to interject is like with all of this stuff, like to get the best results, you can't just be looking at your compound, your diet, your inflammation, your recovery, like have to be keys. And like your health also has to be there too. Right. So if you're just living a super shitty life, you're not getting sleep, you're really inflamed, you're training your, your team, no days off. Like your results are not going to be what they would be if you were also dialing those things in. So lifestyle also makes a huge factor in all this. I just want to like throw that in there because I think people Always. overlook that shit, especially in Always. the bro world. If I, like team no days off is like team, no fucking results. Like you're literally, you can be going backwards in a lot of ways too. So I just want to like <laughs> throw that in there and then. No, you're, you're, you're nailed. It. And I think that Austin, you're, you're, you sound like a, like, you know, a lot about everything, a little bit about everything. And you, it's funny, you nailed it. I think a lot of times people think, you know, and I, and I had this discussion last week, uh, when we were this week, actually this week, when we were talking about HRTs, more, more cardio, more anabolics, less food, that's going to cause a lot of inflammation. So when, when you're running super physiological dosages of, of anabolics, and I, I do want to dive into trend in a little bit, but I want to ask a couple of things uh, from a preventive, pre, from a preventive medicine, not only say medicine, but pre, from a preventive uh, side effects um, perspective, what do you recommend people that are running, let's say uh, a, a heavy one, one gram of anabolics per week? What, what do you recommend your clients to run? We're talking about Tutka, Live 52, Liver Detoxifying Agents. What, what do you recommend? I'd say anyone in any type of super physiological range. Because, like, it's, it's, here's the reality of it. Okay. Yes, the side effects and how well people tolerate it is going to vary greatly. But as soon as you, as soon as you start to come out of a normal physiological range, you slowly start to accumulate little side effects. And that might be like, your HDL goes down like two points. Maybe it's not very much, right? But the more you titrate up, the more you go up, the more that's you know the more that stuff's going to happen. So I would just say like anytime you're above TRT or even when you're on TRT, just use these things, right? So you know our main concerns obviously our lipid profile easily impacted. Like lipid profile is the first thing we're going to see get get hit. Um, I mean, I see people on cycle. If you saw blood work deep in a cycle, they're using the amounts that he's talking about. Maybe they have an oral in there or something. I see single digit HDLs all the time. <laughs> you know, I've seen ones and twos on HDL, like almost zero. Now, the thing with HDL too is I will also see those people come back to like 40 in about six weeks. Like it, it will come back quickly. But, um, but again, like as soon as you start you're having the side effects. So lipid profile, obviously liver, because well, the liver metabolizes drugs. It's like the main place that we metabolize most drugs. And if they're methylated, you know, that's where we're going. Kidneys, 
Um, kidneys get hit too for it's kind of multiple reasons because a lot of the reason that we have so many kidney issues is blood pressure in bodybuilders. It's it's blood pressure. It's this it's this basically like if you remember Sonia in the presentation I had it was that that aldosterone uh, RAS cycle that we're talking about. Yeah, it's because the heart and the kidneys aren't able to regulate this water balance and it stresses them out. So what we'll see there is that that GFR, that filtration rate, Drop. starts to drop, right? The, do the adrenals play a part in just taxing that as well when we start yeah. to really crush in through that? Yeah, yeah it's, because it's funny because I'll see this. So like people that track will track sleep and things. If they go on a cycle, their sleep quality, even if they're sleeping at night, their REM sleep, deep sleep, decreasing throughout the cycle. You know why? Because it's just taxing on their body. Like it's not, we're not mean to do those things in there, right? So by the end of it, those things are decrease and decrease and decrease. And what does that do? That stresses our adrenals out through the day because we have to produce more, you know, more sympathetic drive to keep us awake and moving. Um, so yeah, like you do have the adrenals play in there because the aldosterone and your water balance. But yeah, we see, we're seeing... I would venture to say, and I think I said this at this, this seminar, I was like, I think that a lot of these bodybuilders that they they drop dead from heart attacks, I really think it started as a kidney problem and it started as a, or vice versa, where they had a kidney issue that started as a heart problem because of this high blood pressure. So um, things we can do. Omega-3s, great one to go in there. Just don't get shitty ones that are oxidized and you know, like don't get your grocery store stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's oxidized on the shelf. It's rancid. It's not going to do anything. It's already, it's going to just do more harm than good. Um, I like, and I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it basic because of course, some people might have different side effects that weren't like different things, but yeah. um, like vitamin K2, I love because vitamin K2 actually helps with arterial plaques. So like there's, there's very few things that actually will do anything in terms of arterial plaque reversal k2 might and are you the, normally doing a vitamin k2 with d3 yep and i think everyone takes d3 anyhow at this point like pretty much yeah you know, so i kind of i excluded that but I, I know most people should be taking d3 like there's very few people that have high enough vitamin d levels without supplementing at this point like yeah. pretty much nobody most people don't um i like so if you really have troubles with lipid profiles, you could look for citrus bergamot does help. Um, but the thing with lipid profiles is it's also largely related to um, your insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity status, you know, because we're getting that chronically high glucose triglycerides start rising. So we have, you know, we have that kind of that issue there. So like when I look at a lipid profile, I get most concerned when I see because I'm like, if you're at the end of a cycle, your fucking HDL is going to be down. Like, I know it's going to be down. You can't, I don't care how much fish oil you take. Okay. It's not going to matter. But I get most concerned when I see like really, really chronically elevated triglycerides along with like a ton of insulin resistance. Then I'm like, that's the, met, that's the, the equation for that plaque buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I don't sweat the HDL and LDL being off a little bit at the end because I, it's inevitable, but I do watch the triglycerides pretty heavily. Insulin levels, you can check insulin levels. Um, other stuff you could take, man. I mean, there's a lot of like little things you can take. If you have a blood, you need to check your blood pressure. If you have a blood pressure issue, you can do over the counter things 
for blood pressure supplement Arjuna helps a little bit garlic extract like um the kyolic brand helps yeah so good i'm gonna tell you though like if there are people that are really serious and they're like big guys and they want to compete i'm pretty much saying you need an arb you need an arb drug as a at a low dose as a maintenance like that's going to be in there right along with like what's an arb is that to lower blood pressure yeah so arb is an angie angioretensin receptor blocker it's so it's that that cycle it's that cycle between like the heart and the kidneys and that water balance but the yeah. cool thing about arbs is for one they're really well tolerated so some guys will take blood pressure meds and they get like erectile dysfunction and they feel shitty and they just are low energy arbs work a little bit differently because they're mainly working on that ras cycle so what are they they're they're lower blood pressure but they're also renal protective and they're also cardioprotective. So like yeah. it's, it's literally the perfect, that drug was made for bodybuilders. <laughs> there's not, yeah. there's not a drug that is better. I think for bodybuilders, of course it is a prescription, but I have people that already get prescribed blood pressure meds. And I'm like, Hey, see if you can get switched to, to this, you know, to this med. Yeah. And of course like, I have people that take stuff that have perfect blood pressure. I have plenty of, like I have a guy that's fucking 300. He was like 304 pounds in the off season with abs. And he, his blood pressure was like 118 over 74. And I'm like, all right, sweet. You know, like <laughs> great, but that's not everyone. Yeah. What, I, what I'm, what I want to get to is that's exactly what you said. This guy's probably doing a lot of right things in order to, sure. in order it's to, be, and it can be genetic or it can also be adrenals or yeah, there's a lot of things yeah. that can cause low blood pressure. Yeah. But the majority he's of people, also, guys, the majority of people that, and, and I hear it from even people that we, you and I know, Sonia, uh, uh, they're, they're going to be diving into these high dosages. Uh, sure. I know a guy who's five, 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 four, 158 pounds. And he's talking about running 500 million. Same. Uh, yeah, uh, 500 milligrams of test and get in trying to look at the wind straw and all these things. And, and, and I advise them and said, look, if you're going to be doing that, do your research and educate yourself enough to understand that you're going to have some issues that come along with it. If you're not taking preventive measures, being into those, these super physiological dosages, there's a responsibility that comes along with it. Unless you want to die. We know of a case of, of someone that, um, his head, his, his face gets really rushed. Blood rushes to his head. Blood pressure is probably really high. All the signs of, of high blood pressure, kidney issues, uh, adrenal issues are all there. And the question is, are you running these, these dosages and taking preventive measures to counter those things? And the answer is probably going to be no, because I hear it all the time. When they tell you, well, I'm running this, are you running this? Are you running an AI? Are you running this? The answer is like, what's that? No, I'm not. Well, I think that before you even dive into these super physiological dosages, you should either consult with somebody like Austin that has the expertise and the experience or do your own research. And a lot of times more is not less. Have an understanding that you can start very low and you're going to have better response than you start really high. Because if you start really high, the ceiling just got even higher, right? Here's how your budget should go, right? And like, I'm not a finance major, but let me break it down like where this shit should go. Coach, labs, gear. 
gear should be the last thing on the expense. Like a coach is going to help you dive down the nutrition, the nutrition aspect, the lifestyle, the supplementation, all that kind of stuff. And then you need to get your labs and then you can run your gear. Right. But if you don't have those other two, it doesn't matter. You can hop over to one and be like, I only have budget to buy my fucking trend and my fucking DECA and this, and this stuff. You're, you're literally like you're hopping over and that's not, it's not, it's not going to end well. You're not going to get your best results. I mean, we always, obviously, like we say, we're PED, we're pro-educated decision, right? Like, but you should max out your true potentials and natty first, or at least have that shit dialed in and then use the rest for building blocks. And again, if you start adding in compounds and you don't know where things are, you're not checking your labs regularly. Hey, like, I'm just going to use me as an example. I was on test cream with HRT because I have super tanked hormones. We've kind of talked about this and I was like a non-responder. I mean, we were slowly upping it and upping it and like nothing was happening. We moved over to injectable and started out at like a certain dose. And I was like, dude, I feel like, like I'm going to cut this in half on my own, like just kind of feeling this out. And we ran my test levels. They were 365. I mean, like like yeah. for a girl, like that's fucking high dude with like free test of like almost 10. Like that's yeah. really fucking high. So if I hadn't just been like somebody who regularly runs my labs and knowing how my body feels, that could have gone down the line. It's like at a certain point, it's like, can't even get work done. You know what I mean? But you want to be on top of what's going on inside of your body. So you can watch for side effects to come without waiting for them to show up in your body and then having to fix them. One second real quick. I want to piggyback on what, you, what Sonny just said. And also, guys, we're not anti-superphysiological dosages. That's the choice that you want to make. We're all for it. But a, a message for the novice or the people that are trying to dive into PEDs, start low, number one. Number two, focus on your food. I don't care how much drug you're going to take. You're not going to grow. I, 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 I know of a guy. I think I've talked about this guy because it annoys the crap out of me. I know of a guy who goes to my gym and he brags about how he's running, you know, 500 milligrams of DECA. He's running trend. He's running tests. You know, he's, he's smaller. He's half a Sonia size, literally half of Sonia size. No. And that's not a put down Sonia. Cause Sonia, you, Sonia packs a lot of muscle. This guy is so tiny. All that D ball I ran. <laughs> And when I mean when I mean half of your size, Sonia, you probably will out out muscle him by looking at him. And I'm like, why are you bragging about these things? Your food is not aligned. You can run anything you want, but your food, man, you're not eating. You're probably not eating. So I guess the message is it's okay for you to want to look big, but if you want to be a legitimate bodybuilder, it's more than just drugs. It's food. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a. 100% real life example before we transition into anything else. It's like I had a guy the other day. If he listens to this, I, ho- I really hope he does because I don't want him to hurt himself. But if he, he came to me stressed through the roof, sleep sucked. Like I'm talking like really, really bad. He was upfront about everything. He had some life stuff going on. I'll give him that. He had some shit going on. You know, it happens to everyone. You know, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. I want to run this, this, and this. Da-da-da. I'm like, look. You are a complete mess. I read your consultation. You're a complete mess. Like I, I said, let's get you functioning correctly first. Let's get some lads. Let's, I said, I think we can fix everything. I'm not worried about it, but we need to fix it. And then we can, you know, explore using those things once you're functioning correctly. Emails me back, says, would you still work with me if I said I was still going to run this, the drugs? I'm like, no. I said, 
I said, literally, think about what you're saying. Literally, what you're saying to me is you want to get worse results, not better results. That's literally what you're saying to me. Like, who, nobody logically, like, that's a, a totally just an emotional response, right? Because the better you function, bottom line, better you function, the better you look. The better you function, the better those drugs look, those drugs work. The better you function, the better your food works. Everything. So there's always, of course, yes, we have to tip that teeter-totter sometimes. Like anytime we add compounds in, we're tipping the teeter-totter. Anytime, like right now, I'm finishing up a growth phase. I was eating like almost 7,000 calories in space. Guess what? My digestion, it's I'm, I'm, I'm like right on the cusp where it's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like you better fucking stop. And, but I had to tip the teeter-totter for a little while to get the results but also before I started, my labs were, my labs were good. My, everything was, my insulin sensitivity is good. Like, so I start, you know, I started with a clean slate, right? The problem is like all these people are doing this stuff and they don't even have a clean slate to start with. You take a drug, if you've never taken tests before and you take fucking tests and your test levels go up, you're going to get results. But the problem's like, to what extent? And also yeah. for how, for how long, like I see, I see these guys on stage at bodybuilding shows. I'm like, I'm like, man, something, they, they have this look where they just, their body just looks completely like inflamed and just like worn out and like puffy. And then they come to me and it's like, well, what can I do? I had a guy that did Canadian nationals, a Canadian guy, right? Complete like his, I've never seen someone, someone with so much inflammation. His CRP level was like 40 something. And it, it was complete mess. He said, I want to do another show. I said, I can't guarantee that you're going to be able to do this. Right. I said, but let's clean up your health. What happened? I pulled down his dosages. I, I changed up the diet and I like drastically reduced what he was doing activity wise to lower inflammation and yeah. stress. He gained 12 pounds into the next show and was completely like peeled out of his mind. All the water was gone using like a third of the amount of drugs. Yeah. Because, because again, right. Like people need to understand this. It's like you, you can't cram a square peg into a round hole. Like it does not work. Right. So yeah, that's my, and I know that even with me, like I was, (laughs) the reason why we ran the labs is because like my weight wasn't going down and I was just like feeling more, like it wasn't feeling great. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like, well, like, where are we? And when you run those, you're like, all right, well, explains how I was feeling in some other aspects of my life. But it also explains why I was so like, again, just like a little bit more inflammation inside of my body. So dude, you've been awesome. Austin, I know we were going to do SARMs too, but we're going to have to bring you back because it's a whole other rabbit hole. But drop out where, drop out, drop down where, (laughs) work with me, where people can find you. Where's the best best place? (laughs) Yes. um, So Facebook or Instagram, if you just type my name in on Facebook, I normally will have some like really goofy profile picture. I like to do that from time to time. You'll find me. And Instagram, it's uh, at Austin ST and the number eight. And then if you just look in my my uh, bio on Facebook and Instagram, there's a link tree in there. So it's got like the my emails there, my website, like my YouTube channel, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, dude. And- there. 
So like if you are about learning, uh, Austin's YouTube channel is fucking insane. Uh, Sarah Ford and I are always sharing videos on there. Like I watch that's like, I watch like sons of anarchy and I watch like Austin's YouTube channels, like, and like some other gangland stuff. I have a really weird thing, weird things I watch for cardio, but like you have, you have Deca groupies and you have Austin groupies. <laughs> yeah, there's so much information there. Like you do your whiteboard Wednesdays and there's everything. So if you are a coach listening or you're just a person who wants next level knowledge, on the shit like definitely check out the youtube it's so sick thank you yeah i try to everything's pretty like all the information just like today i try to make everything pretty understandable so you can just jump on and use it you know yeah yeah for sure awesome well we're definitely gonna have you back guys next week are we doing next week with i don't know no, we no, no, it's okay. Because, you know what? because we are so raw here at Harfax Fitness. We, as you guys know, we're collaborating with uh, the Excellence Cartel. We have a, a proposed, I say, as a matter of fact, I just, I've been texting with Jason back and forth. The Excellence Cartel will be joining our podcast here at Harfax Fitness. It's going to be off the hook. I mean, I've been listening to these guys yeah. since the beginning. Uh, it's something that we've been wanting to do. And for us to have them come on our podcast and share their experiences is going to be great. I think we're going to try to schedule it for episode 12, but we're definitely going to be doing a bunch of episodes. Uh, I know that you and I, we've been actually texting guys <laughs> as, as we're recording here. We're going to have a, a PED for women. I think it's, it's going to happen. Uh, females on PEDs, I think it's, it's a must because we know that it's out there. Uh, more and more female competitors, even bikini competitors. I mean, they're all running PEDs and our goal is to make sure that you- They're not all running PEDs. They're not, but there's a lot. So I just want to say that because that's what happens. We have young competitors that then go, oh, all bodybuilders are running PEDs. Therefore, 50 grams of VAR on my first- Yeah, just- Let me me clarify that. Uh, All (laughs) non-natty- uh, better. <laughs> are not maybe not running PDs. Uh, I have a hard time believing every, anyone's natural at this point because I hear it all the time. I'm natty, but yeah, they're running Anavar and they're mm. running clan and running all these things. But anyway, we are going to have a full episode on females and PDs and SARMs. Sure. We're going to be awesome back for SARMs. So we'll do Absolutely. that. Too. Awesome. And we're going to wrap it up with that being said, Austin, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, bro. Appreciate you coming on board and showing uh, a little bit of your expertise. We are going to schedule another episode with you to discuss it. Maybe we'll bring you also Jason uh, and discuss both sides. Right. Uh, I, I think Jason's not very pro SARMs, but we, what we want to do is we want to have the education from a SARMs perspective. Uh, uh, Amino Pierre is going to be carrying SARMs. So I think it's, it's well worth for people to understand uh, what, the way that, um, androgen receptors work and uh SARMs are great i mean i love some of them i've tried some of them gw is one of my favorites uh so we're definitely gonna bring you back for that and i hope that you you're able to to really educate us in, in the world of SARMs. cool yeah just let me know when you guys want to make it happen awesome. excellent Thanks, that being said, thank you everybody everyone for listening to us uh it's been a fun episode and uh look forward for episode 12 coming up next week hopefully and this is a wrap guys take care 